Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Solvable. I'm Ronald Young Jr. So normally this is the part of the show where we hit you with the voice of our guest, and we do have a guest today. But before we hear from her, I wanted to note that last week's discussion with Michael Moss on food addiction and this week's topic are both personal ones for me. I've been on a weight loss journey since I graduated from college, but I've hated my body my entire life. I've always felt chubby and out of shape, even when I was at my smallest size. Even now, as I'm still trying to lose weight, I'm working to find a way to love my body, no matter what size it is. Our conversation today is with someone whose work I've turned to over the years for encouragement, and now for solutions. Ultimately, the goal is to not hate yourself, right? And so there's also a term called body acceptance and body neutrality that's becoming more popularized now. I think that a lot of us are striving for because it also feels unattainable for a lot of us to, quote unquote, love our bodies all the time. About two thirds of American adults are classified as overweight or obese. So it may be unsurprising that in 2019, the weight loss and diet control market was valued at around $78 billion. Even as we work to change our bodies, Many Americans, like me, are also fighting the stigma that comes with being classified as fat. I never really use the word to describe individuals who haven't already used that word to describe themselves. Because I do think, of course, you have to be aware that it does come with, you know, people, sensitivities and people have different feelings about the word. So I I do get that. Gabby Gregg, also known as Gabby Fresh, was my portal into the world of plus size fashion and body inclusivity. For the past decade, she's been an outspoken advocate for looking and feeling dope in your clothes for folks of all sizes. She's been and continues to be a cheerleader for showing skin with confidence, even as a lot of our society tells us bigger folks to hide it. Her lingerie and bikini lines woke up the fashion industry at a time when most popular brands didn't manufacture clothing beyond a size 18. 
I'm Gabby Fresh. I'm a body positive digital content creator and hating your body is a solvable problem. Why is it important for the plus size community to be able to wear bikinis, to be able to wear lingerie that fits? Why is that important? Number one, we deserve the same access to the same trends and things as everyone else. So just baseline, we deserve beautiful bikinis and lingerie because everyone else has it and why shouldn't we? But beyond that, I think the bigger mission is to help people feel good in their bodies. And we've been told historically as fat people that we should not feel good in our bodies, that we should not show our skin, that we should cover up and hide and be invisible. And so a two-piece swimsuit is kind of the most skin you're ever probably going to be able to show in public. And so that has to be an experience where you feel like you should be seen and should be accepted and should feel good in your skin. And so like, because it also feels unattainable for a lot of us to quote unquote, love our bodies all the time. And even I just, I definitely don't love my body every single day. I'm not obsessed with it, but it's more about kind of overcoming this culture that tells us we have to hate ourselves and constantly be on a weight loss journey. That's kind of what body positivity and fat positivity is even more radical where, and it's, I say that ironically, like it shouldn't be radical, but the idea that you can accept and um, love your body, even if it's fat, which in our culture, of course, the word fat has been so stigmatized and so associated with things like lazy or unhealthy or a million other things. And so it's really this idea that says like, no, you can be fat and happy. You can be fat and beautiful. You can be fat and all of these other amazing things. And to really accept that and learn that I think is kind of transformative idea and process to go through as somebody who has lived that experience. So I grew up, I, I didn't grow up, uh, like I didn't get, I didn't gain a lot of weight until after college, but I grew up pretty, mm-hmm. being pretty average size, I guess they would describe. And, mm-hmm. but I remember the entire time always never being a big fan of my size or seeing other people that were in better shape. And that was yeah. just back when I was an average kid. And I'm also one of those people that looks back at pictures and says, I can't believe I thought I was fat then uh, I know. versus now. <laughs> so can you talk a right. little bit about uh, what that lo- what that looked like for you growing up and kind of what set you, uh, what made this such a journey that was you were kind of drawn to? Sure. I was kind of average size until middle school. I started getting chubby around fifth or sixth grade. And I remember specifically for me, I actually moved schools from like a public diverse school to a private, very white school. And that is where I became super self-aware of not only my race and my class, but also my size. Like all three of those kind of converged at once for me because I was surrounded by like rich, thin white girls. And I had never felt so ostracized and so othered before. And again, just like you, though, I look back at those pictures now of me when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. And I'm like, I can't believe this little girl hated her body. In college, I had a live journal, which is (laughs) kind of funny to say now, but at the time, they were basically these online forums and diaries where you shared your day with people. And I found different communities there. And one that I was introduced to was specifically for plus size fashion and politics. And that really opened my eyes for the first time to the fact that other people who looked like me and had my body type were happy and were kind of against diet culture and okay with the bodies they lived in. And so from there, I decided to start a blog called Young, Fat, and Fabulous and be a resource for not only my own outfits, but also just like a place where women could come and like learn about what's trending, how, where to shop, um, 
talk in the comments and like, give each other advice and all of that. Because one of one of the things back then is like there was nowhere to shop. So I kind of shared tips on like how to make things work for you, even if they're not in your size. <laughs> and so that's how I started my blog. It was one of the first of its kind back in 2008. And so because of that, MTV reached out. And I credit you for kind of being my portal into the world of uh, inclusivity when it comes to plus size bodies, especially because you were a Twitter VJ. Was it 2011, 12? 2011. Okay. And so now it's 2021, obviously. And Instagram is filled with plus size influencers. Lots of people speaking about body positivity. I remember you were the one, the first one to put out uh, the fat Kini. Yeah. I remember, or the f- earliest one that I remember. A lot of that was all, you were kind of the tip of the spear mm-hmm. in a lot of those ways. How did you find yourself being in front when it came to making plus size bikinis, making plus size lingerie? So after I left MTV, I actually was approached by InStyle magazine to become their first plus size editor and, and launch a page on plus size fashion there. One of the things I shared early on, I think, I believe in 2010 or 2011, when I was at MTV, we went to Las Vegas for an award show. And when I was at a Vegas pool, I shared a photo of me in a bikini. And mm-hmm. that bikini was so hard to find. It was like, I was, I could, I had to search the internet high and low. Yeah. And I was so excited to find it. And I posted it and people freaked out because they were like, oh my God, bikinis exist for us. We didn't know that. Like, where did you get this? And I, it was so hard to tell them, like, actually, this only goes up to a size 18, but like, yeah. here's the place I got it. Not long after that, I was approached by um, an online retailer called Swimsuits for All who asked if I would be interested in doing a capsule collection with them. I said yes, because there was so few kind of fashion forward and trendy swimsuit options for us. And so... I was nervous. It was, my, it was my first time designing. It was my first time putting out a product. I didn't know exactly how it would be received, but I did know the demand was there. And so when that launched in 2012, it immediately went viral, kind of broke the internet and broke their website. Actually, their website crashed. It sold out immediately. And I think everyone was just like, wow, this is a game changer. Because I think even, you know, even the brand didn't realize how big of a demand there was. And I, the market at large definitely didn't realize because there were none that existed. And they thought that anyone who was plus size did, would not want to show skin, would not want to be in a bikini. So to see that kind of demand and reaction, I think, kind of really changed the marketplace. And since then, each year, the plus size swim market has grown exponentially. And like, that's really exciting for me. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. In my book, David and Goliath, I tried to figure out how some people find the strength to take on the established way of thinking and turn it upside down. What does it take to be a disruptor? And I concluded that a disruptor is someone with a rare combination of three traits. First, you have to be open. You have to be willing to see and do things in new ways. Secondly, you have to be conscientious, to follow through and make things happen. Those two are obvious. But the third one is the crucial one. You have to be willing to do what you think is right, even when everyone around you thinks you're an idiot. There isn't a brilliant innovator in history who wasn't surrounded by naysayers. Most of us can't take that kind of criticism, and we fold. But the disruptor doesn't. They soldier on. I've been looking at disruptors and their success stories a lot lately, partly because I'm working on a follow-up to The Tipping Point. The market disruption plays a key role in how ideas take off but also because I'm going to be the keynote speaker at this year's Unconventional Awards from T-Mobile for Business. It's an event where customers are recognized for kicking convention to the curb to elevate their company. 
while also doing meaningful things for their community and even the world. In fact, I'll be presenting the first ever Tipping Point designation, a new special distinction honoring one entrant that sparked transformative change for their organization. If this event sounds like your thing, I encourage you to find out more or even enter the unconventional awards to be recognized for your disruptive thinking. Win a donation to a charity of your choice and much more. You can enter before July 31st at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. I'll save you a seat. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Gabby, I, I personally feel that the limited availability of size fuels the self-hatred many people experience around their bodies. Like if, I, if you can't find your size, it's like society telling you you shouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Recently, I went to buy a suit and I'm a big guy, but it's by no means impossible for me to find a suit on a rack at the store. <laughs> and the experience was pretty upsetting. As I walked in, mm-hmm. the suit guys typically do this thing where they're just like, well, I mean, uh, I don't know. We might need to find some more material. I don't, you know, I don't know. This is going to be it's going to be a struggle. <laughs> and I feel like that's that's always hard. Yeah. One thing that's always been inspirational to me is being able to see a lot of plus size influencers, primarily women that are like really in the space and looking beautiful and lots of clothes. And I mm-hmm. see that fashion choices are beginning to expand. Do you think that 
women's fashion when it comes to plus size clothing has outpaced men's fashion when it comes to plus plus size clothing. Because what I'm finding is that for men, it feels like trying to find that same fervor and those same options has still been a bit of a struggle Mm -hmm. for me. Well, for me personally, and I don't know if maybe I'm just not looking in the right places. I think the the male fashion customer is just different than the female fashion customer, like generally speaking, and like often isn't looking for the same fashion items as the as women are. And so I think historically men have been fine with like a plain button down and some jeans or a T-shirt, you know, and I think women, a lot of us have really been pushing for like more statement pieces, more eye catching pieces. Um, That being said, like I I do know that there are I was so excited, for example, like when ASOS. Uh, not only launched plus sizes for women, but like a few years ago, finally launched plus sizes for men. And that made me so excited because I constantly am hearing from men in my DMs. Like, I'm so excited for what you're doing, but like, do you know of any places for me to shop? Places like Macy's or Nordstrom or whatever may carry bigger sizes for men in general, just like among the... uh, the yeah, but Gabby, we got to go online whereas, like, and get those sizes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do too. We still, even now, as much as you were saying, like, women's plus size fashion has outpaced men. Mm-hmm. Like, I still almost exclusively shop online. Yeah. We still don't have any in-store options. We yeah. have, like, our typical Lane Bryant um, Torrid, uh, which are, like, our two kind of biggest retailers, big box retailers. Mm-hmm. But, like, we don't have... A lot of in-store options. Some, again, some of the department stores have plus-size sections, but they, for the most part, are pretty dire. <laughs> They're pretty bad. Um, we're kind of stuck in the corner on the top floor yeah. in the back next to the dishes, you know? You talked about ASOS, like, in, in a lot of these plus and extended sizes, they also have a limit. And I know that yeah. uh, there's been some, like, I think even some of your lines said, like, eventually have a limit. Yep. How do we solve that? How do we get to a place where there is a size for everyone um, and, and there not being a limit where, that we can't reach? Because even when you were talking about not being unable to get the one bikini that was in size yeah. 18. Yes. And, yes. and if there one person came along and they were 20, then it's like, oh, right. well, that's it. That's it for me. And right. I've experienced that myself in, in different sizes as well. So what? how would you, how do you solve for that? Yeah, that's a really tough one and a great question. It's something that's an ongoing conversation within the community because, you know, inevitably, wherever you kind of stop, whatever size you stop at, there's going to be someone larger than that size who feels excluded when in reality, you're trying to be inclusive and you're trying to extend the sizes. And so um, I will be the first to say like my swimsuit line and my laundry line, both um, are not inclusive enough. Like we, I really wish I had more control over the size range, but ultimately I, that's not my call. But the consensus I've seen is like, we wish all plus size brands went to at least a size 30 or 32. Unfortunately, like what we're facing in capitalism is like, of course, at the end of the day, you want to have the highest margins mm-hmm. and the, the most profits. And, um, and that is sometimes at conflict with what's needed in the community, right? It's like ethically, what is the right thing to do versus what is going to make you the most money? And so I definitely hope to continue doing more swimwear and laundry and I hope that I'm able to extend the sizes beyond a size 26 because I think we need to. And it's, it's definitely consistent feedback that I've heard. There was a trainer, Jillian Michaels, who oh, came out <laughs> who came out and was uh, she kind of went to battle with Lizzo, who is a, a great uh, singer, pop star, who uh, mm-hmm. is also plus size and very body inclusive and 
Jillian Michaels looked at her and said that she's un- basically said she's unhealthy and she's promoting obesity. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the the critics that are saying things like that about this movement that that the, it is a uh, promoting obesity? Yeah, I mean that's kind of the oldest response in the book that I've heard since I started over a decade ago. Is constantly like you're promoting obesity or like you're unhealthy, um, and I have so much to say about that. Mostly because. Um, The truth is, especially right now, I am unhealthy, mostly not because of my weight, but because I have chronic illness and Lyme disease. And so my big thing is like health should not be an indicator of value, right? Like it doesn't matter if someone is healthy or not. They should be respected as a human being and they still deserve to be seen and to be heard. And like, I don't care if someone is healthy or not. I, I want our, of course, I want us as a society to care about our health. But like at the same time, as individuals walking down the street, you can't tell me who's healthy and who's not just based on how they look. Like you don't know anyone's personal behaviors. There's a million reasons someone is thin. There's a million reasons someone is fat. And someone's health status should not be indicative of like how they deserve to be treated as a person. If someone's struggling with their health, why is are you telling them they shouldn't wear a bikini? Like, how are those two things correlated? <laughs> like, it's like, one, you don't really know someone's health status. And two, even if they are unhealthy, that doesn't mean they can't enjoy their time on a beach looking cute. Like, I don't, I don't get why those two things are related to people. If you care so much about health, then do be on the front lines, like working to get people educated about nutrition, like get, let's, let's get better food options and food deserts. Like let's work on that versus you just telling someone they're ugly and they're going to die. What do you hope to see in the fashion world um, as a result of your influence in the next five to 10 years? I guess we should, I could say we're still tokenized, right? Like it's still like a niche issue to be like, oh, look at the body issue or look at we look at this runway show. We included three plus size models. How amazing are we? You know, and so it's still kind of a, a talking point and a headline when a plus size model does something. And so I think when plus size models and when plus size black models are being included consistently in campaigns and in fashion editorials and like when our sizes are being offered at every store and it's not the exception, but it is the rule. I think that's when it's truly going to feel like, you know, there has been a shift in the tide where we are just included and it's kind of the exception for us to not be included versus to be included. Gabby, what can listeners who are struggling with self-hatred and body image issues do to combat them? And what can listeners do to support people who are struggling with body image issues and self-hatred? Yeah, so I think a couple things. Well, one thing I always start with is like, if you are struggling to accept your body, um, following influencers or just people who look like you is life-changing. And I know it sounds kind of superficial or not that important, but I cannot emphasize enough how much representation matters and how much seeing someone who looks like you and who reflects your body and your experience is important. So like, even if when you're following some influencers in the beginning, you might even be judging them because a lot of us have that internalized shame and internalized fat phobia. So you might be like, oh, she should not be wearing that. Like, why is she wearing a string bikini? You might have that initial gut reaction. And that's because you have been conditioned to feel that way. And so like, it's even more important for you to follow those people. Over time, what you'll find is that like those reactions will dissipate because 
when you're seeing that on a day-to-day basis in your feed and you are normalizing that to yourself and realizing like, oh, wow, these women like themselves and are allowing themselves to express themselves through fashion or through creativity and like enjoying their lives. And like when you're seeing a fat person do all the things you've been told they're not supposed to do, and you see that consistently over time, you give yourself that grace too and that permission to live that way as well. Gabby, thank you so much for being with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great conversation. Gabby Fresh is a body positive digital content creator. Solvable listeners, I want to thank you so much for listening in on these last two episodes that were way more personal for me. It's been meaningful to get to talk with experts about how to solve these difficult problems. And I'd love to hear more from you. What are the challenges that you're struggling with? And what are some problems you'd like to hear us discuss on the show? What solutions do you need? You could tweet at us with the hashtag solvable. You could tweet at me at ohitsbigron. That's at O-H-I-T-S-B-I-G-R-O-N. Or you could tweet at Pushkin, at Pushkin Pods. That's at P-U-S-H-K-I-N-P-O-D-S. Solvable is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Research by David Ja. Booking by Lisa Dunn. Our managing producer is Sasha Mathias. And our executive producer is Mia Lobel. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Thanks for listening. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored among some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungle's closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, Land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to Land.com, find your open space, and get out there.